2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast, where spirits are quite high this week and as high as they have been in a while. As always, I'm joined by Stephen Day over on Zoom. Stephen, how are you doing, mate?
3: Not too bad. Feeling pretty good after last night.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely put a smile on our face, I think. Exactly. I definitely look forward to making these after two brilliant wins like that I mean a couple of the last podcasts were difficult to make because of the results on the pitch but I guess we're back on track now
3: yeah it's it's just nice to talk
2: about Luton when we're winning exactly that and on that note here is what we've got coming up today we discuss both the Sheffield Wednesday and the Nottingham Forest games and what the six points mean, before looking at Nathan Jones's tenure and speaking about what he's done so far and what the future may be. We'll then discuss the three polls from this week and we will finish off by looking ahead to Saturday's clash with league leaders
3: Norwich City. So starting with 3.45 on Saturday, Stephen, how bad do things look? Awful, but I, I was just sat here laughing to myself, I was thinking it can't get any worse than this really. I thought, they can't get any worse than this. And there's no reason to sit here and be angry about the, the performance. I was just like, it's just, it's just laughable, really, how bad we were. And the, the point was
2: that halftime on Saturday, we were just seven points clear of relegation. And now we sit 15 points above the drop. And I know we're recording this on a Wednesday. So there's, I think it's Rotherham V Sheffield Wednesday tonight. So that could change things up. But currently 15 points clear. You'd like to think that's it. Yeah. So the second 45 minutes on Wednesday, we didn't do anything. I didn't think technically we looked much, we didn't look brilliant, but the game just turned on its head and
3: it was just, it was just brilliant to see, wasn't it? Yeah. I think, obviously, we didn't look like the best team in the world, but we were clinical and that was, that's what, that's what the difference was. We, uh, obviously first half we weren't any good, but obviously like second half being clinical means to go back into the game. And this is sort of what we saw like from the start of the season, like almost every time we'd shoot, we'd score. So it was nice to see that come back and obviously brilliant to just come back from a two nil deficit. Honestly, I can't believe it.
2: A very rare
3: occurrence coming back from it a two goal
2: deficit as as we saw afterwards on twitter with yeah the last game coming in
3: the league
2: was was it 2013 was it against in, in the league
3: i think it was the cambridge game to uh the 4-3 away like in in um in the conference that was my first away game as well and yeah it was the last time it happened and then then the last time it actually happened like in a competitive game was um solihull moors in 2016 in the FA Cup, I believe, 2016. Yeah.
2: And that first half was, we'll have to talk about it a bit because it was actually painful to watch at times. We, we gave the ball away so easily. We looked so uncomfortable in possession. And even even the players that are considered our technical assets just couldn't get a foot hold of the ball.
3: Yeah, no, we just looked off completely off the pace and somehow Sheffield Wednesday looked like one of the better teams in the league and they just kept slicing through our defence like it was butter and yeah but luckily they weren't clinical enough to uh, make it 3 or 4 nil because it easily could have been there's a few headers Windus is one-on-one with Sluger honestly it could easily have been 4 or 5 nil going into the break and that would have been absolutely awful
2: and with Wendas as well. He could, have, him personally, could have had five or six in that first half. It was well, yeah, exactly. Such so a great first half from his perspective, but it was because defensively, I, I haven't seen us as
3: poor in such in a long time. Yeah, well, I think Reading last year, the 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 five nil, we didn't look that bad on that day. We just just got completely cut up at the back,
2: and. Adabayo obviously netted his first goal of the season against Sheffield Wednesday he scored again um against not uh, no he scored sorry against Millwall and then added his second against Sheffield Wednesday probably the mo- more meaningful goal given that it it was the winner against Sheffield Wednesday so it's it's quite interesting to see how quick he's progressing
3: yeah i I love him already he's he's already hero for me um, when when that goal went in against Millwall, you know I was so happy for him coming coming on and getting a goal. It's it's going to do like it's going to do so much for his confidence as well. Like he's going to feel like he can score every week now, pretty much. I mean, he's you know scored two into of before last night, and um, yeah, I think he's he's going to be a really good player.
2: I think it keeps stumbling us up that we're thinking that we put these out on a Thursday but obviously we're reacting on the game on the Wednesday and there's still more to happen so I think we're getting a little bit confused aren't we because we're thinking yeah you had two and two when, we, when I wrote this but then at the same time we played yesterday it changes everything it changes the whole whole complexion of it all really yeah exactly and the forest game as well we we traveled there to a forest side who have been brilliant recently and since the turn of the year they've been Show him playoff form. So, how good was it to record a victory there?
3: Yeah, honestly, again, it was brilliant. Like going away to a Chris Hughton side as well. Um, just one one nil win, best best win in best, uh, best result in football. You know, can't really get anything better than
2: it. And then it could have quite easily been different uh, a different outcome at, at the end of the first half with Glenn Murray missing a, a big sort of game-defining chance. And then after that, they didn't really
3: threaten much at all. No, they weren't, they weren't too good in the final third, but neither were we, really. Like, I remember countless chances for both of us where in the final third, we just smacked the ball across the box and no one, well, it'd be too high to get on the end of. And both teams did it. It was just lacking in the final third. But luckily, we just got one chance that we took. And...
2: Usually, in, in recent times, when we've taken the lead, it's usually been a case of us sitting back and sort of inviting pressure. But it seemed after that Tunny Cliff goal, we, we, we were looking for a second one.
3: Yeah, I mean, there was a few times where I thought we uh, could have done a little bit more. Um, obviously, with uh, Clark's chance that he uh, just put across the face of the goal, I think we really need to score on that. But obviously, we did enough to uh, see the game out and yeah, I think Nathan Jones would probably drilled it into them to not lose the mentality that the game is still there to be won, even if it's one nil. Like you know, with Millwall, we sort of gave up thinking, "Oh, we've won this game. Let's just run the ball into the corner." But luckily, we didn't do that. And so there yeah, good
2: day. Past past sort of the, I can't even remember a, a decent second and a half chance for them. I don't remember. Yeah, well when. I think I think
3: Sluger made a save made a save like three or four minutes before we scored. Like that that save from um, I can't remember who it was, maybe knockout, Um you know, down to his left. And you know, the uh, I think um people are saying that the uh forest commentators thought the uh, thought it had gone in. They thought Sluger wasn't gonna get there and they were celebrating and then saw it went for a corner.
2: Sluger, yeah, again, had a, had a very decent game he Sort of was equal to anything that came his way. His kicking was good and sort of proves our point from the other week that he's just becoming a brilliant championship keeper.
3: Yeah, exactly. He looks um, really, he keeps on looking really good.
2: With sort of the Sheffield Wednesday game, Morell got his chance as well. Morell, who has, Luton fans have been crying out for him to start for a while now. And it just seemed that, well, it just seemed that Nathan Jones, Knows his players, he knows his squad, and I think that's what we're going to come on to today about Nathan Jones because he has got a lot of stick. Now, I personally, I think it's completely unjust given everything that he's done for the club in, in both his spells, really. And the fact that we're mm. emerging as a mid table club in the championship is just beyond any expectation.
3: Yeah, honestly, I, I think like some of the stick that he's got recently, like sometimes it's warranted because sometimes he does make wrong decisions, but at the same time, like. How how we are as a, a mid table a club now, pretty much. Touch wood. Like, yeah, I think people we'll need to sort of tone it down now because we're looking good again and sort of the problems that we were facing are now well not eradicated, but they're 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 drifting away. And um I think that's just again testament to Jones because he 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 sort of knows how to sort these things out.
2: Because the championship is a division full of quality. Every club, bar Wickham this year, has a much higher well, as much higher spending power than we do. So to, yeah. to sort of touch on mid table, and I don't want to keep saying that we're we're safe because we're not, we're not. There's no no chance as a football fan you can say you're safe until it's mathematically impossible to to be overtaken. But what he's doing at this football club is, is tremendous.
3: Yeah, it's it's brilliant with how how we are a mid-table Championship club at the moment. <laughs> we never know; we might get higher a little bit higher than this, or might lose form again. But yeah, I think it's just brilliant. I I'm, I, I love football again. Not that I didn't like it when we were losing, but I was thinking, oh, come, you know, do I have to watch this game? And now I'm like, oh, I love watching it again. Still a little blip, and we're we're back to feeling good so yeah Jones is just a uh, think under Jones we're going to see these things where we're going to have blips and then we're going to pick it up again because he, he just knows the team and he knows what he's doing with changing about bar substitution sometimes
2: going back to what you were saying about enjoying football again it, it occurred to me the other day that we're, we're sort of nearing a return to go into away days it was just when football when you can return to football the attendances are going to be mental. Getting a ticket at Luton is just going to be, it's going to be unreal.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I'm privileged enough to have a, a season ticket. So I've, I've got no real worries about that, but I can't imagine that any game that we have in the next year and a half, maybe, maybe if we play like a, a lower league two club or non-league club in, um, in the FA cup or league cup, um, Maybe we'll get like maybe eight, nine thousand for that, but I think everything's going to be a sellout for the next year. Hopefully,
2: because I'm I'm living in Liverpool now, but I'm I'm desperate to to attend as many home games as possible. Should I get the opportunity? Because it'll be it'll be difficult trying to wrestle my dad off a off his season ticket. But at the same time, it's yeah, some of the away days that we will have coming up, sort of in the northwest area, which is what is oh. going to keep me saying it's. Is is unbelievable, really.
3: I can't wait for those away games, especially against the uh, relegated Premier League clubs. They're going to be brilliant. And yeah, I just, I mean, imagine if Newcastle came down. Yeah, I don't I'm want them to cool. come down, but, you know, imagine that Newcastle away in the championship four years after, three or four years after um, playing them away in the FA Cup and being three divisions below them and actually, exactly. actually giving them a good game. Actually playing yeah, well. exactly. It's just been brilliant. I, can't, I just can't wait for it to get back. I just want to get drunk and away an away day again. Soon it's, Not that i really got that so drunk on any of them. Going back to Nathan Jones, because
2: he, he's, I don't want to say the reason, but he's, he's a big reason as to why we're enjoying these championship games. It One thing that showed me how good a manager he was, was... During it was Tony Cliff's either post-match interview or it was a a, another press conference that he was involved in. But he said after the Sheffield Wednesday game that as soon as they got in for half time, well, because we know what Nathan's like. He he, on the touchline, he's one of the most animated people we've ever seen. But Mm -hmm. he said he remained calm, let sort of the, the club leaders, as it were, sort of take charge. Yeah. Express their concerns, provide solutions, and ultimately, that's what ended up probably turning that game around.
3: Yeah, well, I, I saw that he um he went and consulted with uh, like the management team um and looked at where it was going wrong really, and sort of found rather than had to go at the players, he sort of found solutions to the problems. And I think he said it was either someone or he said that um the first like, first ten minutes of uh the of half time, he wasn't talking to the players. It was, as you said, it was the um, the team leaders that were talking to everyone. They were getting their frustrations out, emotions out, and and then Nathan Jones comes into the dressing room and sort of tells them what they need to do, rather than you know going crazy at them and shouting. I mean, he's he's gone and told them, "This is what you need to do. Go and do it, and we'll score." And it, and it works brilliantly.
2: Yeah, exactly. It worked and that sort of confidence fed over to Nottingham Forest and suddenly we're six points better off than... Because if we'd gone on to lose that game to Sheffield, even if we got a goal back or whatever, it would have been a very tough task coming to Nottingham Forest and getting something like we did.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's, that's one of those reasons after talking to the players rather than getting angry at them is, is what gives them confidence because they're thinking, right... We're not going to get belted for for this. We're we're going to be told what we need to fix, and that sort of helps build confidence because you're not then thinking, "Oh, I must," you know, whatever footballers must think when whenever their manager's shouting at them. They're not they're not getting downbeat by it. They're uh, they're being motivated by being talked to as people. So that's going to help. That's going to help motivate people a lot, and it shows because the confidence we had last night was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and it, it again shows
2: sort of the recent recent games, the bounce, the our, our ability sorry to bounce back after disappointment. I think we mentioned it a, a couple of episodes before, but our ability to basically put a couple of bad games aside and then rectify it with a brilliant performance has been one of the best quality, one of the best things that's come out of this season so far.
3: Yeah, exactly, and obviously it's. Frustrating when we do go on runs like we have done recently, um, and it is it, again, it's just Jones has just been just doing such a good job with uh, the team that we can bounce back from from bad spells and go on a, you know, I'd say quite a nice little run. Seven points from three games is is a very good run. So yeah.
2: The- thing that, again, I said about Morel, how we've been crying out for him and Jones is sort of... I know he had an injury but Jones is sort of opted to, to leave him on the bench for quite a while but I think it showed why he trusts players like Pelly, Cornick and Ray when they all came on on uh, Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday and then trusting them again. I think it sort of proved a point that he knows his players best and basically those three game, uh, those three players turn the game around. Yeah,
3: exactly. The thing is with that is, like, for me, morell is not the sort of player that plays where Jones wants him to play. So, like, I understand, like, that he he knows his players and he trusts his players to play where he wants them to. But at the same time, like, Morel, I just don't see him as a holding midfielder. To me, he's, he's an, like an attacking midfielder. He's aggressive going forward. Then Ray is aggressive going backwards, and he can, you know, he can pick out, he can, well, uh, yeah, he can, he can make a good tackle and do some really good challenges. But that's not how I see Morel's game, and I don't think that's how many Luton fans see Morel's game because he's, he's sort of a player that you want on the ball. You don't want him chasing people and sort of in that holding midfield area to sort of like build the, build an attack from the back. Really, you want him. Like in between the lines with their, you know, in between their defenders and midfielders, making plays from there really. And we saw last night that Glen Ray can be caught out that. And obviously, I don't, I don't think that it should be Glen Ray or Morel. It should be Glen Ray and Morel on in the squad. If we're playing,
2: if we're playing sort of two holding midfielders, which I think in certain games that is sort of the way to go forward, I think, against the, the better sides. Having two holding midfielders is probably what we're best suited for. But that sort of then eradicates having two strikers, which is what I think Adebayo's presence is, is, is bringing now, sort of having Cornick up there with him. And to be fair, but both that that worked again last night and it, it worked again for 45 minutes on Saturday. It's, yeah. I think that's something I want to start
3: seeing a lot more. I think... I mean, it, it's the diamond that Jones knows how to do. And I don't know why he, he changes it up and gets rid of it because when things are going wrong, he reverts back to it and suddenly things are all right again. So it's the sort of thing that we need to keep. Then moving on to the, the three polls,
2: the first one we asked on the Monday morning was whether Dewsbury Hall needs a rest or not. It was quite, it's been a few games where he hasn't been up to the standard that we, we've come to expect of him. But in this, 55% of people voted yes, and 45% opted for no. And we keep circling back to Jusbury Hall, obviously because he's a very, very in well, a much talked-about player within the Luton side, and he just continues
3: to create talking points for us, don't he? Yeah, he does. And I think I, I kind of agree with the uh, the part, the the result of the poll. I think he uh, probably does need a rest, maybe like one or two games, maybe coming kind of off the bench if we need him. But um, yeah, I think he—he uh, he is obviously—he's he's brilliant. He just needs a bit of a rest.
2: And I don't know if it's a case of him just being tired at the moment, or having such a brilliant start has sort of made things difficult to replicate. But. He is giving the ball away far too often, I, I think, at the moment. I mean, yesterday was better for from him in, in past games, mm. but he's still doing amazing things, don't get me wrong, but giving the ball away so cheaply and trying to play that sort of million-dollar pass is it's getting a little bit frustrating at the moment.
3: Yeah, but I think at the same time, that's the same with a lot of the players. A lot of them are giving the ball away, and I think it's it's just... Dewsbury Hall, we expect so much from him that when he does give the ball away, we we notice it more. It's kind of the same with Pelly rollick as well. Like when he gives the ball away, people moan about it. But I sort of, you know, I sort of like to see the risks taken from Pelly rollick and Jewsbury Hall needs a rest because as you said, he is giving the ball away a lot. And I think I wouldn't mind seeing Morel come in for Dewsbury Hall. Because I, I don't think Morel's probably that unfit right now. Like he's he's had a few games now, and he's. I think he's probably up to speed and can probably just, you know, be a little replacement for Jewsbury uh, Hall for a little while, while he does have a rest. And it'll be exciting for Jewsbury Hall to come
2: off the bench as well. Yeah, you've got being six, 60 minutes into a game. The game's quite tight, and you you can bring someone like Jewsbury Hall on. It'll be, well, it should swing the game in our favour.
3: Yeah, exactly. We'd have probably more control of the game with that as well. Because once he's on the ball, he, he, when he's not making mistakes, he can control the game, really. And the second second poll we put out was about Kazenga
2: lewa and obviously he's, he's been an excellent servant to the club since he joined. But with him now missing eight games just through uh, Nathan Jones selecting other players, we just asked if he has a future at the club. And only 22% of people said yes. With the remaining seventy-eight percent, with no, it's quite sad because we keep mentioning these players like Shinny the other day, and about Lee and about Hilton, about them departing, and because they've had so much success, and we've we've come to love these players over the years. It's quite sad that we're we're putting out these polls, but at the same time, it's coming to an age where I think we we st- need to start letting go.
3: Yeah, I think I. What- I mean, I expected more of them to have been gone by now, really. I thought Hilton would have been gone by now. I thought Loire. Loire might have gone on to maybe uh what would have been last season a higher up championship championship club. I thought he might have maybe, you know, been a replacement or been a backup for, you know, quite a good winger in the uh, in the league. But I don't really get why he's been kept out because I think he's just a brilliant player to bring on, like, even last season. Like, bringing him on just gave us so much room in, in attack and, the you know, he could just create something from nothing. Obviously, his final ball and his shooting wasn't the best for the league, but I think, I think he's he, he should be in the squad, in my opinion, because I think he just gives us something that we don't have all the time and uh, you know, imagine him feeding balls to Ad Bio.
2: And what do you see his level if if Luar, Luar does depart? Is he, well, a championship side take a risk on him, sort of a, a team that have been struggling this season, or a, a, a team coming up from League One, or would it be sort of League
3: One? Or, or of course, he got the option of going abroad or wherever. See, it's possible that maybe like someone like Wickham would take him. Like you know, could offer him game time and fairly okay wages I think I think his level is probably good league one club I think he can do it in the championship I think he can do it for us but I I guess it could be it could be his attitude as to why he's not in the in the squad maybe he's got an injury don't know because Jones has said that he's wanting wanting to keep the uh, keep his cards close to his chest so he you know so we don't know whether he's injured or not but yeah yeah I think is um, levels with us uh, relegation fighting championship club or a promotion-pushing League One club. Because he's got that quality, no doubt.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll tell you what, I'd love to see that backflip one more time. Against Watford would be be ideal. That would be the perfect scenario with a 90th-minute winner. But yeah, I I do want to see that backflip one more time. Oh, that would be brilliant.
3: To to ruin their... uh, Promotion push as well. If Luwawawa got a, a goal against him and just did like a like a gymnastic routine, just just flipping down the down He's the pitch in front of the main it. stand, <laughs> yeah, oh, it would be brilliant. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd love that. I just worry now that we're not going to see much of him anymore. But at the same time, like the players going to start getting tired because we're still in this mad run of games. So I think there's hopefully room for him to start coming back into the squad soon.
2: And the last poll we put out, and we've we've talked about this quite a lot already, but is Harry Cornick best used from the bench? And 47% of people put yes, with 53% at no. It was a strange one because I, t- I tweeted this on Tuesday. So before the game, and obviously the poll was available after the game. And before it had more votes for uh, voters for Yes. But then after the performance last night, more people opted for no. So I think yeah, I think he had a good game last night, and I think that's probably swayed people's opinion a little bit.
3: Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, he played brilliant last night, and I think he played brilliantly against Shepherd Wednesday. And I think he's, I think he's starting to find his footing in the league. Like last season, he scored a lot, but under Jones, under Nathan Jones, he's been a bit. Lackluster, and there's not really been too much to his game, apart from the throw-ins that came out of nowhere, and um, yeah, I think it is an interesting poll as well. And yeah, I think he's, uh, in my opinion, I think he's best on the pitch, like at all times. Like I do like it when he comes off the bench and he can inject some pace, but I think now he's he's starting to like cement a place in the side. So, yeah, I think he's in my opinion, I'd say he's best, best on the pitch at all times.
2: And then we'll come on to the, the game on Saturday, which is obviously Norwich City, top of the league. As of now, obviously that could well I no, can't change, can it, because it's seven points, but they are on a brilliant run at the moment. They play Brentford tonight, so obviously that run could come to an end. And if it is yeah. going to come to an end, it's probably most likely going to be a team like Brentford. Um of course, we've beaten them 3-1 uh, twice this season, once in the league and once in the League Cup. They did have a lot of players out, but they will be wanting revenge for this one, won't they?
3: Yeah, and I do worry that it'll, the revenge will be there and they'll, they'll just brush us past like quite easily, which um, would be very frustrating after this run of games. But at the same time, it's not always the worst thing, losing to the top of the league. Um yeah as people are saying on, on Twitter and everything it's a free hit it's we've kind of got nothing to play for right now as it is. if we win we have be brilliant if we lose oh well we've lost against top of the league who are in brilliant form so it's like how we lost against Cardiff at the time it was frustrating but having seen that they have on a run of seven wins and three draws from ten games since McCarthy took over, I think losing against a team like that is kind of hard to be frustrated, you know, hard to be really upset with. You can be frustrated, but I'm not gonna sit here and cry about it because, you know, it doesn't mean too much in the end now. And am
2: I right in saying that last time we we went to Carrow Road was the the famous one 0 win. Um, with Scott Rendell scoring the winner in the FA Cup is that the last time we went to Carrow Road
3: yeah because we played them in the League Cup at, at home and then we played them yeah and it must can, have been we yeah played them in a the friendly as well exactly and, and that was at Kendall it was um, at the start of the championship like, it was uh, from promotion from League One so yeah and that was stupid friendly I hated that game <laughs> Three it was in, awful in sort of 10 minutes when not it it was, it was just yeah and their players like what was it can, Todd Cantwell or something like he he was uh, he was just running around hacking people sliding in against people and I was like thinking like what is wrong with this bloke like he's <laughs> he's doing this in pre-season he should like I, I was thinking can red cards be given him in, in friendly games because he should have been red carded in that game anyway Anyway, um, yeah, it, it must have been the last time that we went uh, was the FA Cup game. So it'll be hopefully a, a nice return and a nice 1-0 win again. we oh, would be brilliant.
2: If only we had Scott Rendell back. I've got Adebayo now. Oh, that's it. Yeah, he needs to needs to learn from Rendell. And what a game that was, by the way. Going Going back to that, that was just, I don't know if you were there, but. I it, was, it, yeah. It was just an unbelievable atmosphere because we it's not too often you go to a game with literally next to no hope well no, not hope sorry next to no expectation of getting something but yeah it was just just to be there was
3: just unbelievable yeah 4,000 of us going mental at Carroll Road every every little thing they missed every shot they missed we were celebrating it like it was a goal and all that and I just I missed that because it, it was just such a good day out and I think it was my little sister's first away game for Luton as well. Like my first away game was that mental four three win away at Cambridge, and I got knocked over twice from uh, from celebrations. I think I had like a few things hit my head from the Cambridge fans, and I ended up having to like hold on to the bar for dear life every time we scored. But the proper away, for day, the best yeah. days ever. And then my little sister's first away game being Norwich away and. Easy could have nearly been knocked over with that because we were we were right down at the front um, near the uh, the corner flag, so we were literally directly like looking straight onto that Rendell' goal, and I just still can't believe it. Now it doesn't
2: get much better than that, does it? But what do you reckon the score on Saturday will be? Because you've been you've been the better one out of us two so far with these score predictions.
3: I have. I've, I got. Um, Millwall and I got the Millwall score right I think I got another one right recently as well I mean I think I'm talking I'm talking about the prediction league yeah Birmingham I think I got right um I can't remember what I said for um Sheffield Wednesday but yeah um i gonna go probably 2-1 Norwich
2: yeah I don't want to be too negative but yeah I think I'm thinking two nil, two nil Norwich. But again, I don't there's a part of me that wants to
3: say one nil to us, but <laughs> we can't. We can't have it too many times. We can't, can we? No, no.
2: Well, that just about sums up everything from today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and make sure to check out our socials, the Oak Road Hatter on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.
3: Goodbye.